We got to have the fastest episode of Entertain This, episode 32. Two. Yeah, that. A podcast about movies, TV shows, and video games. I'm Hayden. This is... Mitch. This is... Tam. And uh, the reason why we're moving really fast is because we got started late, and we have things to do afterwards, mainly work. Um, so... I'll knock this off. First, let's talk about the social media. Take it away, Mitch. On Facebook, you get Entertain This Podcast, which is the group. Then you have Entertain This, which is our Facebook page. On Instagram, it's at this.entertain. On Twitter, it's entertain.this. Um, we have a YouTube channel, and then we also have the Twitch channel. Entertain underscore this. Well, oh, Sam. We also have our Patreon, which is patreon.com. In- Let's see. Entertain underscore this. Yep. And if you want us to talk about specific content or anything, just uh, comment on one of our social mediums, and we will facilitate those means. And uh, I yeah, did it without my book. You did it. I'm very you proud did. of you. It only took 32 episodes. Yep. <laughs> very proud of you. Uh, each week we do a thing called a punishment, where one of us spins a wheel, and the uh, victim gets picked by the wheel. Um, to review a crappy movie, TV show, or video game by one of us. So, like, last week, Tom uh, punished me by making me watch Superman 4. And the quest for peace. <laughs> which was something. Um, <laughs> so, I'll talk about that real quick. Uh, well, it's definitely the worst of the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Um, it, it actually went under a new production company when... It got bought out uh, after episode three, or what do they call it? Movie three? I don't even know. What do they call it? Superman three? Superman threes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, movie four, or Superman four, um, uh, it starts out with like Lex Luthor in a prison. He's like breaking rocks, and his uh, nephew Lenny. Lenny Luthor? Yeah. Lenny, <laughs> Lenny Luthor, which is this goofy looking douche that rolls up in a. He's the guy from Two and a Half Men that's like the real nerdy one. Oh, yeah. I never put that together. No it's way. It's the, uh, the other guy? It's not Charlie Sheen, the other one? Yeah, it's the other guy. It's not Charlie Sheen, it's the... The uh, other guy. The one that actually has the kid. Yeah, and, like, makes it through the entire show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He um, plays Luxor in, like, a crossover thing. Yeah, in uh, the CW Supergirl. Yeah. Oh, really? Huh. Um, but anyway, he uh, breaks him out by tricking these cops to, like, drive his car. And he pushes a button, and the car, like, activates mm-hmm. the convertible top. <laughs> And then he drives it off of a cliff, and it explodes. And you think that the guards died, mm-hmm. but you just like see an explosion and like Lex Luthor going ooh, and then you see him like crawling out of the debris with like <laughs> smear on their faces and stuff like that. And you're like, stupid. But um, yeah, uh, the whole premise of the movie is that Superman is convinced by a third grader uh, who sent him a note like Santa Claus, that <laughs> he needs to collect all the nuclear arms in the world like and Pokemon. and destroy them. So he agrees, and he gets all of Russia, America, China, everybody, they shoot their nukes into space. He collects them, puts them in a giant net, and then, like, whoops them around, you know, like the Olympic thing with the ball on the... Yes, the yeah. entire world agrees to launch yeah. their nukes away from the planet. Well, and like the shot put? Yeah, yeah, the shot put thing. And then he, like... Whips it off into the sun, and it goes off in the sun. Well, Lex Luthor catches wind of uh, this plan, and he puts some DNA that he collected from Superman, and he did this like high school chemistry thing. They put this goop into a nuke, and then he tricked Superman into throwing it at the sun. And lo and behold, when it 
Detonates. <laughs> detonates it creates nuclear men. <laughs> it, it, like the DNA is just not you know incinerated. <laughs> You know, eviscerated upon the... I don't know. So Nuclear Man comes out of the sun, and it has the voice of Lex Luthor, which is the worst ADR (laughs) I've ever seen. Like, Superman must kill (laughs) Superman. Which, yeah, it's pretty... He becomes sentient and just goes, I must kill Superman. Yeah, that's the first thing he wants to do is kill Superman. The program for it. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he's got these, like, long metallic nails. Um, He scratches Superman. Superman gets sick. He looks like he's going through chemotherapy. His hair's falling out. He goes on a date with Lois Lane and some chick from uh, the Daily Planet as Clark Kent and Superman at the same time. So they do the whole, like, uh, you know, ring the doorbell. Clark Kent shows up, and he's like, oh, can I use your bathroom? And then Superman flies to the window and all that sort of kind of stuff. It gets really old really fast, but it's like a 15-minute scene. And um, This morally great Superman dating two women at once. They yeah. live in the same apartment. That is true. That is so stupid. <laughs> I just can't believe that Lois Lane has not figured it. I, I guess she got her memory wiped at in some point. In the second movie, yes, Which, at the end of the second movie. Is that another one of Superman's powers? No, he. Uh, it's like some sort of machine thing he does to her. Okay. A machine thing he does. Well, at one point, the Great Wall of China blew up, and Superman just goes, and like it rebuilds back together. Yeah, he just looked at it like intently, and the, like, the wall rebuilt itself. Yeah. Little do we know he's actually a wizard and he had a wand in his hand. <laughs> Something. And he's like, Wallo, Reparo. <laughs> What's funny is like, so Nuclear Man and Superman have this fight in outer space and they crash in the Great Wall of China. And they blow it all up. Only white people were <laughs> on the Great Wall of China. No Chinese no people. No Chinese people whatsoever. You know, so Country like, of like a billion people. Well, actually, one of them around. It's more like you see a whole bunch of people falling off the wall and Superman saves one person and it's a white person. <laughs> so... I don't, can't speak for everybody else that was a casualty, but I guess he had his priorities. He's like, yeah, there's billions <laughs> of them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was Truth, stupid. justice in the American way. Yeah. <laughs> Even in China. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I can see, like, I mean, it's got a corny appeal to it. It's just, like, the original Superman was supposed to be taken seriously. You know, you will believe a man can fly and all this other stuff. And now it's just such com- poorly composited green screen nonsense and ugly effects and stupid plot devices that have nothing to do with comic books, really. The whole movie had nothing to do with the comic book. Pretty much not. So, yeah. I mean, if you're just, like, wanting to see Christopher Reeves and tights running around and fight people on the moon. Oh, funniest part. So, Nuclear Man gets obsessed with one girl for some reason. Is it Lois her. Lane? No, it's the other girl. Oh. The, yeah. The, the one Clark's Superman's dating? dating? Yeah, yeah. Well, the one Clark's dating. Yeah, that's oh. the one Clark's dating. Superman's dating Lois Lane. Mm. Um, so he gets uh, obsessed with this girl, and uh, I think it is rubbed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, revenge. So quick uh, backstory: I went to the bathroom before we did this, and I come back. I took pooped. a sip like of my always. Red Bull, and they had put Five the stupid hot sauce on the rim, and like my chest lit on fire. But you getting in your eyes oh, is amazing right now. Well, seeing as how I had nothing to do but being a witness to it. Ah! I'm glad that both of you got to hurt and I didn't. Oh my gosh. Why did I do that? God, it's like getting go seed, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> so Superman goes to the, or no, Nuclear Man goes to the moon with his girl. She doesn't have a spacesuit. She's just like holding on to him. He just like throws her on the ground, fights Superman, and then Superman beats her on up. On the moon. On the moon, beats her up, takes her back to Earth. She's fine. No space asphyxiation or anything like that, you know, just whatever. You could totally breathe out there. Or atmosphere. It, it, they, just give, they just give up on that stuff. Um, how does he beat him? I forget how he beats him. Oh, yeah. He traps him in a nuclear reactor, and he like 
powers the world. Yeah, yeah. He, like, throws them into like some kind of nuclear reactor. Or something. Uh, so they like they seal them in a reactor and go, well, free energy forever. You just see yeah. like all the lights. I don't know New York or something like that. Like power up because like Nuclear Man only has power if he's within sunlight for whatever reason. One of the funniest things about that movie. So was, the best time to fight him is at night. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah he, he does. He does like power down. Uh, one of the funniest things in the movie was uh, the extras because they're so horrible. I I don't think they knew what was going on <laughs> because they had like these uh, these like cut ins like where you could just tell like they got a bunch of extras together and they gave them some like mediocre direction mm-hmm. and uh, be shocked. Yeah. Oh. So like Superman is saving the Statue of Liberty from crashing into New York. He's been pick- picked up and thrown. Yeah. yeah, he's picked it. So he catches it and he's going to go like move it back to the pedestal. There's this like one dude in a taxi cab. He's just like, hey, look at Shoes. that. Shoes? <laughs> all, all the other people are like, oh. And he's just like, eh. He's like center frame, just like so it's like. What yeah. you never seen Superman before? That's an that's a not a Tuesday for that me. Tuesday Metropolis. <laughs> it's like that's nothing. You should have saw him back in '78. <laughs> I saw him pick up the Empire State Building. And the funniest part is, is like how crappy Superman's costume is because you can see the stitching in his cape. Like uh, a middle school mom just like made some like mm-hmm. cheapo Halloween costume for a kid. You know, yeah. It's, not, not specifically my mom. I don't know. Did he do the uh, phone booth <laughs> change? No, he did in a car. He did do a couple of phone booth changes. Was it in a phone booth? Well, I mean, he did. That's he like did, he did, did one where he climbed through a limousine. Came yeah, the back of the car. Because yeah. there's one in the first one where he runs into a phone booth when those still existed. Yeah. And there's like all these people around. It's a busy street. Runs inside, spins really fast, walks out of Superman. It's like, and not one person went. Wait a minute. <laughs> he, he does catch Lois Lane in one of his crazy uh, dating transition things. He catches her falling off of a building for some reason, and because uh, she she's falls always, off buildings, she's always falling lot. off a building. Uh, but he catches her, and he still has his glasses on, and she's like, "Huh?" And he's like, "Oh, Lois," and she's like, "Oh, Superman." That's what did it. So, this is a movie that's trying to take itself seriously, mind you. So, you know, yeah, it gets a three. Because it wants to be serious, and it's definitely not. The first two Superman movies were really, really good. Yeah, this one was not. This one pretty much just kills the franchise until what? Superman Returns. Two, around two thousand. Two thousand six was uh, the Brandon Ralph Superman Return, which killed it even further. And then Henry Cavill comes in and saves. It was horrible. It was. It was yeah, great. It, it was horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They try to con- they do like a, a soft reboot where they were trying to pick up yeah. where the last Superman left off. Uh, with Christopher Reeves, so they were like kind of supposed to be the same universe, and then they just did it right by the Zack Snyder uh, reboot, yeah. hard reboot. So, yeah, the, it's a three because it essentially like put comic book movies back a decade. <laughs> That's how bad that movie was. So that was the last comic book movie. They what? put it back further with the Chris, with the Brandon Routh one, yeah. and then Marvel was like Iron Man. Batman was doing okay though up until. Uh, Clooney and Gilmore took up until over. Batman Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, if you have any ideas that some of us should be punished with, throw it up on our Facebooks or whatever, and we'll add it to the wheel, um, and you'll see what that is later on in the episode. Uh, so well, now we do news and reviews where we talk about stuff that you do want to hear about involving movies, TV shows, and video games. Let's start with Mitch. All right, well, I had movies, and because we had a lot going on, it's a it's an older movie, but I thought it was a good one. Interview with the Vampire. That's something I recently watched. We smirking it because you love that movie. It's like the weirdest movie that you would think that Mitch would be into. Yeah, it's. it's not, a, I thought it would be like the wrestler. <laughs> because I originally, had, you know, I've read the books now, and 
you go back, but then you get to you get to watch Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise in their early careers. Mm-hmm. You get to watch Ant- Antonio Banderas learning English while making the movie. Yeah, and then you get Kirsten Dunst, which for a child actor that was a pretty good, uh, yeah, pretty good performance. She was a good child actor. Yeah, but it was so. it, it was neat to see. What year was this movie? Ninety four. Uh, I think. Hmm. I want to say it was like around ninety six. But uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a great movie. It's I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm great. assuming at so, some point they interview a vampire. Well, have you never seen it? No. no. So the Anne Rice vampire novels. It's not like the Twilight crap. It's real vampires, and they have like cults, and they want to like eat people. They'll drink their blood, and uh, there's a group of vampires that visualize humans as cattle. And there's a group of vampires that just want to like live amongst the humans and really be seen. And like you can live forever without ever drinking the blood of humans, you just become more monstrous and grotesque looking. No. Yeah, isn't that what happened to Tom Cruise, that one part? No, that's if you don't feed. That's what I just said. It doesn't have anything to do with eating on animals, though. Oh, so you can eat animals and you can be fine? Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. they, they don't like it because they're, they talked about how like the blood gets cold or whatever too quickly. Oh, is that 94? Oh, hey, is that 94? Man, I'm good. Oh, look at that. That's a very lucky guess. <laughs> But, I mean, I mean yeah. essentially, this is like, they describe it as kind of like the saddest vampires mm-hmm. you'll ever meet. Because they're having to come to terms which with their immortality and the way the world changes around them. And that's one of the big things that, uh, that's why they like Louis, which is Brad Pitt's character. Because his, as opposed to Lestat and Armand, which is Antonio Banderas and Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt's character of Louis is like right at the turn of the century uh, where... I guess it's like the 1800s to 1900s. Yes, okay. they're still slaves. And that, I mean, that's right where uh, you know, everything's changing, and he's able to accept it. Are you staring? At it? What? It like you were staring at Aiden's head. No, it was, <laughs> I looked up and like I saw his hair. I was like, do this weird. Shit. I was like, well, first <laughs> off, you did a thing. All right, look, I was nope. I was intentionally nope. punished for no reason. It's the rules. That's what counts. You said the S word. Y'all decide. I'm not. It's uh, on no. camera too. Yeah, I walked in and got punished for nothing. <laughs> I'm Do not it. being a part of that. Y'all decide that one. Do it. I had to drink it. Do it. No. Come on. The whole, you're gonna. Dis- I will for the next one, but I was unceremoniously you're gonna punished disappoint for the people. no reason. Yeah, you were punished for taking a poop right when we started. Come on. Anyways, with the, uh, the the Anne Rice movies, just do it. No, the whole thing why? behind Lestat's character again, yes. for Tom Cruise is that he's kind of upset because he got turned into a vampire against his will, and his whole thing is he gives Louis the chance to decide whether he wants to live or die, uh-huh. and uh, Louis has to come to terms, and he helped Armand wants him to help him like adjust as the world's growing, and because of factors in the movie of Louis, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's her name? It's Kirsten Dunst's character. Being, yeah. Being killed by Armand's people. Well, let's not spoil the movie, but okay. The All right, movie, so Kirsten Dunst is killed. The movie from almost 20 years ago? He hasn't seen it. Well, that's... that's <laughs> no reason to now. <laughs> All right. But uh, anyways, that's why uh, Louis just does not really particularly like Armand. And Armand, there's a backstory that if you've read the books, you understand why Armand and Lestat hate each other. If you're explaining the movie to like somebody who hasn't seen it before, maybe you shouldn't explain the, sp- the plot spoiling parts of the movie. You know what I mean? So, anyways, 
It's a 20-year-old movie. It is a 20-year-old movie. We've discussed this but before. You, but you're, if it's an old movie, we really there's not a whole lot to spoil. But we're not talking about it like we're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're talking about it to review it from a standpoint that uh, in case anybody hasn't seen it before. So not like we're talking about a specific scene or something like that from the movie. You know what I mean? Well, that doesn't. That's not really the whole plot. That's just a little small little it's, piece. It's an, it, yeah. So, in a nutshell, it's about a, a newer vampire from like the 1800s, who's being mentored by an older vampire from France, like in the 1400s or something yes. like that, and uh, like they both kind of divert in their philosophies on how to treat people and stuff like that. Right around the mid 1800s to the yes. early 1900s. Lestat okay. is carefree and he'll kill anybody just because he wants to. Mm-hmm. Louis more conservative, where he doesn't want to begin with. He doesn't want to kill. Eventually, he has to come to terms. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, he has to feed on humans to survive. So I'm guessing they were not born vampires. No, 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 no. There, there's none of that in this. Okay, so they all had to be bitten. Right. Yep. Yep. In the beginning of the movie, Louis, the whole reason Louis becomes a vampire is because his wife and child have died. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of looking for someone. He's trying to convince people to kill him. Like he cheats at cards and tries to get this guy to shoot him. And then the guy backs down. And eventually, it's a, Lestat it's a good him, movie. You know, it's a good movie. You, you should see it. Everybody should see it at least once. At least once, yeah. Uh, I might check this out. It also, it's, you know, for AMC, they're supposedly going to have a, a TV series of it now. Oh, well. They're, they're oh. still working on it. Okay. Is so that your news? Be better well, than I didn't have TV news, but just including this in part of our discussion because I'm talking about the movie. Sweet. Well, what? Uh, I mean, what would you rate this movie? Obviously, I would give it an eight, just because I think the performances of these of these actors and actresses mm-hmm. in such an early role for them. Was, What's was keeping it from being a ten? It, it. I mean, well. For me, I've read the like I said, I've read the book. There's a lot of points that they leave out that mm-hmm. would make the movie up, make more sense as far as like the character development of some of them. Okay, it seems like it skips over parts, but it includes their reactions in the movies to each other. Right, but it skips over the parts that why they're like their that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, it would be a long movie, but would, a lot yeah. of people would probably uh, prefer that. Yeah. Uh, there was probably out of two thirds of the book, one third of it was missing from the movie. Wow, that's a lot. But what, I mean, uh, it's smaller parts, but it, there's just there's a couple I mean, of key parts that were missing. There's out. always stuff you could trim out of the books. Yeah. But when it. What uh, news have you for us, Mitch? <laughs> well, if you like Marvel, mm-hmm. prepare to be uh, disappointed. Everything, <laughs> <laughs> everything's being pushed back except for evidently the WandaVision stuff, but I'll leave that to someone else to talk about. So is that including uh, Winter Soldier and all that stuff, too? I don't know. They haven't mentioned that one. Falcon Winter Soldier. But uh, I know, like. The uh, Black Widow's getting pushed back to May of next year, so that, almost mid-year. And that movie was originally set to come out in March of this year? No, in May of this past year. Oh, okay. All right. it, it's essentially been pushed back an entire year, mm-hmm. which evidently there's something important that happens in it because it has re- required that all the MCU other movie, MCU yeah. movies be pushed back, which is the Doctor Strange, the Shang-Chi movie, the Eternals movie, the new uh Some tells me movie. that somehow... She comes back to life. You know, like the uh, the Marvel movies. There's no one's really dead. The Marvel movies did a really good job of trying to keep things as like current as possible. Like uh, mm-hmm. when Spider Man dies in the one movie, spoiler alert, and he comes back uh, in the other movie, uh, and he's back in high school. They talk about you know what year it is when that movie comes out and what all has happened and stuff like that for just like a a, a minute here and there. But they they try and have some throwaway lines that make you feel current. What are they going to do 
when everything's been done for a year and, you know, Corona breaking and stuff like that. And, uh, are they going to come back and, and say like, okay, now it's 2021, you know, are they going to talk about the coronavirus for a year and what are they going to do? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so like they're gonna have to address this gap and story at some point. They did a, another thing I saw, which, you know, we, we talked about them being delayed, but the uh, Doctor Strange multiverse of madness thing. Mm-hmm. They talked about possibly getting some big name actors just to be a, a multiverse version of, of some Doctor of the characters. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. That'd be well, fun. They, 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 supposedly they've approached Tom Cruise to be a uh, Tony Stark in one of the other uh-huh. yeah. the 90s Tony Stark. No, he would just have like a small part in the movie. He wouldn't be come, become Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. But he just, you know, to have a I wouldn't want to be the person who has to fill Robert Downey Jr.'s shoes. Well, they, they had mentioned uh, was it John Krasinski. Is that the yeah? That's the guy from Quiet Place. Like he, he would be the, one of the multiverse versions of Captain America in one one of the universes they visited. So like tall. Mm. And then uh, another right. thing is well, Chris Evans is tall. The, uh, Not as tall as John Krasinski. No. For the Flash, <laughs> the Flashpoint movie, they started talking about how they want to include some of the CW and like the other TV shows as part yeah. of like the multiverse mm-hmm. uh-huh. where these characters get the cameo for a small mm-hmm. part Which of the they movies. did and want that one thing because right. it was the dude from Smallville, right. Superman. They talked about they want him to appear as like Superman mm-hmm. for a small part and things like that. And then lastly, the, uh, the Snyder Cut! Mm. Snyder Cut! Mm. All those, all the uh, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, um, Jason Momoa, and then was something Fisher. What's his first name? I don't remember. The guy plays Cyborg. I don't know. That guy. But uh, all of them are going to reprise their role like, and do new scenes mm-hmm. because since they're making the, a, mm-hmm. a, like a series kind of thing now instead of a one movie, yeah. mm-hmm. they're going to reprise their roles and shoot new additional footage, and they've been given $70 million to, to go do that. Budget. Here's what I want with that $70 million. When Batman and all of them try to recruit Cyborg, he just goes, I already belong to a team. And like a car <laughs> pulls up and Robin, Raven, and Starfire and Beast Boy are sitting in it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, they've added you know new mm. stuff to it, and all the people have agreed to come back. Like the mm-hmm. man, Superman, or Henry Cavill signed on for to be three new appearances as Superman in the uh, the DC. Will he have a mustache? I doubt it. <laughs> Is he contractually obligated to have a mustache? <laughs> no, I don't think Supposedly, so. he's supposed to appear in the new Shazam movie when it comes out. Oh well, he's supposed because he had a cameo bit at the end, right? No, he didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't you didn't see his head. Yeah, I mean, it was Superman, but not. Yeah. he probably wasn't. It was just some big buff dude in a. Tom. Anyways, that's my news. What have you for us? You played well. I played Super Mario 3D All Stars. Nice. Downloaded it. Um, it's actually I think the highest selling game this year in the UK. Oh. The number two for Switch for uh, downloads ever mm-hmm. behind Animal Crossing. Oh wow! A little bit of criticism. Um, it seemed kind of like eh, put together. Like uh, hey, here's three games. We're putting them in a package. There you go. There's no like you know. Little content or special stuff. Oh, there's nothing or, new. Nothing re- no, it's not really new. But I mean, some of the stuff is upscaled for the graphics, but whatever. Um, so it was it was all right. Um, the gameplay because I've only played Super Mario so far, mm-hmm. and sixty four, sixty four. Yes, it's like riding a bike. I forgot I owned and that I had twenty years ago. Yeah, a lot of it's kind of like you're running around. It's like why do I remember this particular spot? And then I'll face through the wall and go, oh, yeah, that's right. That did stuff. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, all three of those games probably hit different generations. Yeah. Because, like, I uh, I was I was looking at it, and I, I played all three of them, and I really enjoyed Sunshine the most. And mm-hmm. I, that's the one that wanted me to, to buy the game. I haven't yet. But my wife saw 64, and she was like, man, 
I would love to play that game. And I was like, for $60, though? And she was like, nah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll, not, I'll bring my Switch over to your house. Your wife can just play. <laughs> yeah, not not for 60 bucks though. If it was a $30 deal, that'd be yeah. great. One of the things is, like, you get the three games, it is 60 bucks. You don't get any real bonus content or anything special that they've added. And a lot of people were kind of um, bummed because it didn't have, uh, was it Super Mario Galaxy 2? Oh, uh, yeah. Which I think was much more well-received than the first one. I never one. played the, the Galaxy 2. I only played the first one. So. I mean, I think they did a good job picking the three games for like you know each generation of who played what. Because like, looking at it, I was like, Super Mario 64 on Switch? I was like, hell yeah, I want to play that. Mm -hmm. I haven't played that since the 90s. So it is kind of fun to jump in and get back on. Yeah, it came out in the 90s. Okay. I played the original Mario. That's the only one. That's, yeah. Super Mario on uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's it. Me and the kids are playing that. It's, uh, it's free on Switch right now. Yeah. So... It did have a little bit more uh, backlash just because of that limited release that they're doing. Because they're not yeah. going to sell it anymore after March. We should talk about that on the console level. On the console level? Yeah. Mm, yeah, we should. On so. the console level. <laughs> we should, but we're not, evidently. We're you know what I'm talking about? What, the limited release? Or, the, or are you talking about the other thing? Yeah, the pre-orders. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. That's part uh, of my news. All right, go ahead. So, <laughs> <laughs> the news the Xbox pre-orders have come and gone some places in seconds. Yeah. I think it sold out in the UK within an hour. Yeah, Australia was gone. New Zealand. Um, you can buy it on eBay. Canada. Yeah, for a twelve hundred dollars <laughs> average yeah. for a pre-order. Yeah, it's insane. Um, this this was a horrible. This is the worst time forever in pre-ordering consoles. Did you ever get the yes, or did you just say no? What about you? No, when no I I'm not settling. I'm not settling for the yes. Because like uh, the X just. Was gone, and then the S was yeah. there for about a day, maybe. Yeah, it, it made it till like it made it probably about till ten o'clock. Yeah, because mm -hmm. when I looked around midnight just to see if it was on there, it was already sold out. Because I knew around like five p.m. you could still get it on Best Buy. Yeah, because uh, when I called, like they did limited store in store um, pre orders, like with GameStop, because I called them and they only had a couple mm -hmm. that sold out. Yeah, you know, as soon as eleven o'clock hit. But you then know they, why? Because reportedly there was only like like. Stores like GameStop and stuff got six to eight copies, which is that's, ridiculous. That's, that's what I heard. I heard that each retail store had six to twelve copies, which means that probably the owner, like the people, employees of the stores, got them, got them first. And there was like two. I got, I got the X. You did, right. you did manage to. How it, long did it take you it, to get it? So to secure it. So uh, my wife comes bursting into the room. I sleep in the daytime, and she was like, "Wake up!" <laughs> and she's like, "I can't get it." And I was like, ah, so I, I get my phone out and I cycle between Best Buy, GameStop, Walmart, Amazon, and something else. And like she, Newegg? She, yeah, or? Newegg. And then, the, and then she goes through the same things and we just keep going through, going through. And then she finally was like, look, I'm just going to stay on this GameStop thing because it says it, it will put you in a queue yeah which they got criticized for well even if you just like type in gamestop.com at that time, it says you're in a queue. It doesn't even matter if you like want an Xbox or not. You just yeah. says you're in a queue. So she's like, I'm just going to just wait here. And it, like about a half hour later, it said, would you like to pre-order? And we did, yeah, put in the information. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a confirmation number. So I hope they just take my money and give me some BS confirmation number. But uh, One thing I saw that um, Xbox One S or the Xbox One X uh, sales on Amazon went up 700 plus percent because <laughs> a bunch of people bought it on accident. See, that's, yeah. that's, 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 I, I, I thought like Xbox has the dumbest marketing name for their consoles but it's genius because 
people will accidentally buy the wrong console all the time now. Which happened. It's like, it's like, it's like we still made money. Yeah. yeah. They said that the Xbox One X, which is the current mm-hmm. the most best version you can get, went up 750%. Yeah. And that was just on Amazon <laughs> yeah. of people what, buying it on accident. What you need is the Xbox Series X. Okay. Yes. Completely different. <laughs> but the... Uh, a lot of the web, like uh, GameStop with the Q thing, that had a lot of problems. Best Buy, it would pop up, then it would disappear, pop up, disappear. And then a lot of people were poor, like if, when you uh, ordered it and had it to the shopping cart, yeah. the website would remove it from the cart. Yep, I've seen that. Uh, <laughs> and Target did that. Um, Amazon kept crashing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Walmart uh, was late. Like, uh, it's supposed to go late live at, at 11, 11, and then I think they didn't go live until like 1 or something like that. So, but like, I woke up <laughs> at like 2 and was trying to find, and it was gone. I yep. didn't bother. It was a nightmare. Uh, like, the only reason why I wanted to make sure that I got it was because I don't trust Corona and all that sort of stuff for them to pump out a new generation of consoles before release date. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Hopefully but it works out for people. This <laughs> Like, the online pre-order thing is like, you, I, it's good, but no. they were not prepared. No, absolutely not. It's the worst year that we, we've ever seen it. And it gets worse every generation, mm-hmm. it seems like. Yeah, because even it wasn't even this bad when PS4 and Xbox One came out. What's the dumbest thing you've done to wait for a video game or a console or something like that? I waited two hours to pre-order the PS4 when it came out. And that was just because I couldn't afford the Xbox. I got the Xbox One a year after it came out, so I don't, I don't So you've never mm-hmm. like waited in line or done anything? I've waited in line. Spent too much money for something? I've waited in line for the new Call of Duties before, like when Modern Warfare Three came out. I've done that for like I've gone when I was in college. Yeah, like me and my buddies, we go to GameStop and just wait in line so we could pre-order it. I waited in line for twenty four hours for the Nintendo Wii (laughs) (laughs) of all consoles. The Wii, but it was fun because me and my buddy were like camped out. We like we're just like these. I walked up to the electronics section. And I was like, hey, I'm here for Nintendo Wii. They're like, it's coming out tomorrow. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> they're like, oh, God, starts. So they're like, just have a seat in the bench. How many people showed up in the time? Until- uh, no, the second, like I was first in line, obviously. The second place person showed up like maybe eight hours before it came out. So, yeah, I was there for a long time. For no reason. Yeah, it was fun. I made like a little Facebook story out of it and whatever. And it was just be, just to be stupid. <laughs> All they would have made it better is if he camped out and nobody else showed up at yeah. right when it released. <laughs> One thing I noticed um, what a lot of people were complaining about was a lot of people scalped a whole bunch of Xboxes yeah. because they would order. Um, there apparently some sort of app where you they auto-did it. Yeah. Multiple orders yeah, on multiple sites. They do that, yeah. They'll, they'll, um, because of the eBay crap. They they buy it yeah, and, sell, and they sell it for like 200%. So I saw somebody was selling a pre-order from Amazon. It was $1,500. Oh, my God. That's so stupid. <laughs> My question is, who's willing to illegal. pay that much? It should be. There's it should be some illegal. jackass. It should be illegal to do, to do that. Like, like there should be some legislation that there comes is, in, which a lot of people complained about. Is there really like some law about that? No. Um. There's a lot of backlash at um, Microsoft for how they did it. It was like with this online stuff because a lot of well, people got it's not out. Microsoft's fault unless they buy it directly from Microsoft. It's Target and Walmart and all these retailers that are just like. But when you whatever, have it, when you have it, it online at six different retailers. You can order it six times. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, how, how, are, how are they going to track? If there was a limit on you know who bought what, because I mean, Target and Amazon. If I go to both and buy it, how are they going to track? Gonna know how are they going to? How would they fix that then? I mean, at least like instead of buying six from Target and six from Walmart and whatever and whatever, you just buy the one from a retailer and that's the end of it. And the retailer tracks yeah. your order number because in store they would block it. Right, like if you came in and tried to do it again. Because I remember yeah. like when the Xbox One came out. 
uh, my buddy, I went with him because he was pre-ordering it, and we went to GameStop, and, like, they had his information. He was like, can I come back and get another one? They're like, no, because as soon as you pull out, like, either the credit card number will ping off saying he's already bought this Mm -hmm. based on the amount or your name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they just wanted to show how fast it could sell out. Which Um, was quick. Yeah, it was faster than PS5, right? So, uh yes, it was faster than PS. It, it went a little smoother than PS Five, but I mean, by no stretch of the imagination did it go well. Oh no! Uh, hopefully, somebody's learning some things here. Anyway, uh, I have one more tidbit. Go for it. Which was uh, bigger news? Uh, not bigger news, but overshadowed. Um, that Microsoft had bought and um, not, but they they bought the company that owns Bethesda, Zenimax. Zenimax, yes, for seven point five billion dollars. Just so we understand. How much did Disney buy Star Wars for? $4.6 billion. That's right. A video game software company yes. is worth more than Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So um, ZeniMax um, is a company that owns Bethesda, which uh, Microsoft already said they're going to leave Bethesda's div- as its own separate division, leadership, and everything intact. They're not changing anything. Uh-huh. They, they, they just own it now. And that uh, brings up their uh, development studios to 23 they yeah, did own Microsoft. fifteen of them. Now they have twenty three of them. They're, they're like they're they're doing it kind of smart. They got money. Mm-hmm. PlayStation is good at scalping talent and yeah. throwing money at people. Yeah, Sony for 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 bon- for like peas Spider-Man. and carrots about like, hey, you you guys seem like you have a good idea. Here's a little bit of money. Go make a good game. And they do. They make some great games. Mm-hmm. Microsoft's like, you're successful. We'll buy you. So they just, <laughs> make us more stuff. His buy crap um, right out. Oh yeah. We have Spider-Man they, and the uh, Avengers game. They also acquired ID Software, which uh, makes Doom, Rage, and Wolfenstein. That's under Zenimax, too. Yeah. yeah so. Microsoft memed it and just said, here, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you how this is done. So Microsoft acquired a lot of stuff, which a lot of that's probably helpful for that uh, Xbox Game Pass thing. Yeah, if, even if you out. don't know much about video games, I mean, they are the cutting edge, like maybe the most, if not at least tied for the most lucrative entertainment business today right now because it's insane how much money you know like 20 years ago there wasn't a billion dollars in the industry probably and uh, combined uh, yeah look how fast it is now Uh, maybe by the year 2000 you could say that there was but i mean just for microsoft to shell out 7.5 billion yeah yeah a great example is cd project red that people are doing um cyberpunk if you look at their timeline of of their worth Mm -hmm. cyberpunk 2077 in the beginning, they were worth like less than a million dollars, and now they're worth over a billion dollars in their their creation of their business. What businesses have done that? You know, very very few. You can probably count them on two hands. Um, all right, so that does it for news and reviews for me. Oh yeah, TV shows. Uh, TV shows. So um, Nick Fury's getting a TV show. That's right, Samuel Jackson. Um, Disney Plus is in talks with him, and they're going to figure out how to wedge him into. This uh, Disney Plus TV show lineup to include WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I think that's it, right? They don't have any. He other... will be MFing the entire time. I don't, think, he's I don't sick think they'll do that. Oh, these monkey flipping snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. I don't think they'll do that. But what will be, I guess, what they're trying to do is they're trying to bring some uh, continuity to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It, it, this is purely hypothetical. But the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. nonsense that was before Disney had the buyout. Mm hmm. Um, and they're going to try and kind of like surround it around Nick Fury's perspective mm-hmm. on how S.H.I.E.L.D. came and went into the MCU. So they'll probably make it like a miniseries, I think would probably be the smartest way to go about it. You know, that's just me. You know, you know uh, that, uh, Nick Fury has technically existed since World War II. 
He has like some kind of lifelong serum that helps him stay alive longer. Then why did he age so much since Captain Marvel? Huh? He looks a lot younger than Captin Marvel. When Captain Marvel takes place in the eighties? Eighties or nineties? Nineties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's aged. Well, yeah. He, yeah, he ages, but... And he lost an eye. He lost an eye, yeah. He ages, but he, he can live longer. Okay. It's like a, a, a minor version of the uh, Captain America serum. Man, those last 20 years were brutal on him. Because <laughs> when Captain America <laughs> so. throws his mighty shield... Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. The whole MCU cluster right now is... I, I, I'm sure Kevin Feige, the guy that's like in charge of making sure all these stories intertwine... I'm just picturing that Charlie Day thing with like the board and all the wires. He's He's like, like, this makes sense. Pulling his hair out, just like going crazy. You know, Um, a lot of actors are out of work. Like Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have any franchises because I think he's okay for money, though. Well, I'm sure he's okay, but he's going to want work, you know, so he's probably going to come back. If I had to bet. We did that horrible movie, Doolittle. That's what I'm saying. That was supposed to be his new franchise and it tanked. So if I had to bet, he'll come back somehow. They don't kill anybody off in this show. We are in the MCU. We know this. Well, because they've messed with times, they're theorizing that Krang will like uh, Kang the Conqueror will be the, the new bad guy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. No, Kang. K A N G. And uh, supposedly he'll be like because they messed with time. He's like the time lord of the world time. of the universe. He he wants to come back and fix. You things. don't mess with time. <laughs> <laughs> Think you're pretty smart. <laughs> Messing with time. Anyways. Anyways, uh, so TV shows. Um, talking about all this Corona crap, Muppets <laughs> on Disney Plus. <laughs> they did, they made a TV show called Muppets Now, and it's only six episodes. But I watched it with the kids. And we all loved it, and it's cool because they did it like a uh, they show kind of like behind the scenes of how a studio would operate during Corona uh, and COVID and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they do it without ever like addressing it. They just say like you know they show interviews with celebrities from their homes and they don't ever use the words, you know, quarantine or, or Corona or whatever. And it's kind of a breath of fresh air, but it's also like, um, it's, it's, you know, realistic sign of the times. And, uh, like my kids that no question about why everybody was quarantined and isolated. At home in their pajamas. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they knew exactly what was going on. The Muppets at home, but they didn't scream. Yeah, they were. Some of them were, um, Miss Piggy was in her in her home, and then uh, Oscar the Grouch was in a trash can outside. No, they, that's, that's that's Sesame Street, man. Come on, come on, man. They're puppets. Kermit, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like they do a pretty good job of, uh, and the, the humor is quite funny, like uh, pretty pretty creative. It's I don't know if you remember like the 2015 uh, The Muppets Show. It was a little bit more adult, like they had like an office kind of mm-hmm. feel to it. Um, they've definitely like. Just Disney. They definitely like chipped it down a little bit and made the uh, subject matter a little bit more friendly. Um, but yeah, like they'll they'll bring in the celebrities. Uh, who does Velma from Scooby Doo? Linda Gardellini or something like that. I don't know. She's uh she's in every episode for some reason. She's like the person that Miss Piggy calls on a trash, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a good show, and it's there are like six twenty three minute episode. Uh, episode, so it's, it's a lot of fun. If you got kids, it's worth watching with them. So uh, yeah, I I'd be ready to see that come back. I'm sure that they will, because mm-hmm. um, there's not a lot on Disney Plus right now, unless you want to spend thirty bucks to watch Mulan with no Mushu. No Mushu. So yeah, I give it like a, a seven point five. They, they, they got to do some more with it though. Uh, <laughs> 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 
It's got me. Me, me, me. Baker. Did yeah. you see that bit in Parks and Rec, though? Uh, which what? Where they make fun of the dude because he looks like Baker and John Ralphio just starts giving him the business. No. He's like, does he look like Baker from the Muffs? He's like, me, me, me. He just like, gets in this lawyer's face. My, my favorite is uh, in The Muppets is they have this like chef cooking show with the Swedish chef. And they bring in like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Swedish meatballs. But they uh, they bring in like real chefs like to, to like have a cook-off with them. And so he gets jealous and he tries to like incorporate, you know, what they're doing. So somebody's baking a chicken, and, like finds a chicken, like clubs it <laughs> and puts it in the pot. And like it cut to like them like glazing a beautiful chicken. And I'll go back to him and he's just like trying to strangle a chicken, like fighting its way out of the pot and stuff like that. Like hurdy bird of vertiver. <laughs> just yelling random Swedish words. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty funny. The Swedish chef's my favorite. Like yeah, like Bobby Glaze, like doing like the blowtorch or like something. Like, <laughs> then he cuts him. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. He's like drowning a lobster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, that's our news and reviews on TV shows, movies, and video games. Again, if mm-hmm. you want anything that uh, for us to talk about, let us know, and we will. Let's move on to our main segment of the day. Uh, we have a top ten. No, we don't have a top ten list. We have favorite shows. Uh, that have action sequences. Favorite fight scenes for some of our favorite shows. There you go. Okay. But not like large scale battles. Right. right. Uh, so just ba- favorite fight scenes. And uh, we've decided that like we're not going to rate these um, and we're just going to talk about specific instances. So take it away, Mitch. We're going to give you our idea of what we think and then we'll put mm-hmm. a poll up and see what you let y'all vote mm-hmm. on that afterwards. There you go. But we're going to start with Game of Thrones, which uh, Tom, you put Mountain versus Red Viper. Yeah, we had talked about that one. That was the. I mean, the Tower Joy one's my favorite, but that was like one of the first uh, scenes I'd actually seen in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. where uh, Prince Oberyn's fighting the Mountain yeah. for Tyrion for the trial by combat, and, and then it's like, the oh, mountain. it's like he beat the Mountain, and then all of a sudden yeah. it's like, ooh, oh, ah! He makes like, the Mountain look childish until he gets a little overconfident. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he does technically kill the Mountain, but at the cost of <laughs> see, it, it was it was like a it's like a war zone kind of thing. It's just like that's why you have to thirst them out. Before you gloat, he's down, but he had a revive. He, revive. he self he self revived long enough to kill him. It was more like a last stand than a revive. Yeah, yeah. it was martyrdom from yeah. the old ones. Yeah, yeah. Frag out. I, I I still kind of like the island little ice island defense. You know, they had all mm-hmm. the cannon fodder, and it was like the eight guys defending this one little island until uh For a, in, until they realized I, that. Um, that the ice, the lake had refrozen and they yeah. could run across it again. Yeah, for yeah. a nondescript amount of time. It could have been days. It could have been months. Nobody knows. Uh, all right, cool. What else you got? We got Breaking Bad, which I don't remember a bunch of fight scenes from that other than the last the last episode. There's some skirmishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. The show is not – it's an action show based off of, like, the, the scenarios that they're in, not necessarily, like, dudes fighting. Yeah. Like uh, – there's some shootouts and stuff like that. Like, for instance, the uh, when the neo-Nazis or whatever get just murked by Walter White and that <laughs> that automatic machine gun yes. or something. That was the second episode of Breaking Bad I ever saw. The very end? Yeah. I, the first episode I ever saw was the very first episode of the show. Oh, my God. I watched it on AMC and went, huh. huh. I was like, this is all right. Came back to it years later in college, and my buddy's like, hey, it was like the last episode of Breaking Bad. And I was like, all right, I'll sit and watch it. And I was like, why is he bald? Did it all make sense? <laughs> it, it did. It did. Uh, it all tied in nicely. It was a it's a good show. Um, my favorite part of the show is when Gus 
dies, Gus Fring or whatever the guy's name is. He's the one that owns the chicken stuff? Yeah. yeah. Um, where he, like, um, it wasn't necessarily like a fight, but he's like gloating. It was a bombing. He's gloating, gloating to like his old nemesis that like disabled oh, you know, yeah. Hispanic guy. And then like he's like ringing the bell like a madman as best as he can with his one working appendage. And, but it doesn't sound right. The bell sounds off. And Gus Fring like realizes that something's not right. And he sees the bomb and then blows up. Oh and, yeah, mm-hmm. he steps out yeah. of the room. But you think like like he's dead, and you see him step out of the room. You're like, how did he survive that? It's like Hitler. <laughs> and then the camera pans around. You see like half of his face is gone. It's like a skull, and his eyes gone. It's like ooh, and he's yeah. like adjusts his tie. Just goes, yeah, dead, dead. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yep. We'll go on to the uh, the Walking Dead, which all three of us have different ones. Tom, you said the, the uh, Daryl versus Beta. Have you seen that one? No, you said that one. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is where it's basically. You got three guys and Beta, which is, he's like this, they live among the walkers. They wear like the skin of them on their face. He's the tall dude who follows the bald chick around, right? He's the dude from yeah. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, okay, Anarchy. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Opie. He's, <laughs> Opie. Well, he's like freaking Michael Myers in this in this yeah. Walking Dead series. And him and Daryl face off in this like old construction area. <laughs> Always a solid place for a fight. They're like throwing each other through, uh, through walls and stuff. And it's just sheet rock. It doesn't hurt that bad. Well, <laughs> still... They're, they're fighting, basically like Rambo kind of knives, like mm-hmm. these real big knives. It's just the two of them fighting and throwing each other through walls and mm-hmm. beating each other over the head with two-by-fours and stuff like that. It's, it's a pretty interesting fight. It's it's probably one of the only one of maybe two or three one-on-one fights. Does Daryl win? Can I spoil this? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Aye. That's all I cared about. The, uh, the beta gets thrown down an elevator shaft. Ow. Well, he comes back later, though, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. He, he's still alive. He's like, like, he's self-rest. <laughs> All right, Rick kills Joe. What's that? The neck bite. That's that's the one where. Uh, oh yeah, they're, they're, I forgot about that one. They're being held at gunpoint, and uh, they're like threatening to like kill Carl right in front of Rick and Michonne, and yeah. they're like on their knees. And, uh, Joe gets ready to sh- like these are like just some random roving biker gang that's yeah. still alive. Well, they they threaten to shoot, uh, or they're holding the gun to Rick's head at the last second. He's just kind of like. He rares back, hits him in the nose, and so he misses the gunshot. And then kind of get into like a little scuffle while the other guy's still holding down Carl. <laughs> well, Joe like grabs him in a bear hug and is going to make him watch. Oh, since Rick can't do anything, he just reaches in and bites him on the neck and just rips his neck out. <laughs> yeah. And then they commence to like curb stomping and beating each other because Daryl shows up. And- when Daryl shows up, the fight's over. <laughs> My favorite part of Walking Dead was the, uh, the the action sequence was when the Terminus people were like, I thought the Terminus operation was really cool, but it ended up being kind of like a mid-story arc transition period. Uh, yeah. I think they could have just like stuck with that and kept it going. but There was a lot of build-up. There was a lot of Terminus, and it, 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 Their little system where they would cannibalize people, you know, they get them and they knock them over the head with a baseball bat and slit their throats mm-hmm. and let them bleed out like cattle and then just like cook them and eat them. I was like... You know, dang, they got it figured out, don't they? So mm-hmm. it was a it was a pretty good show. And then Carol shows up and snipes these like gas cans and blows up the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carol just uh, goes ape and. Carol like, went from like you know useless housewife to, you know he like you know abused whatever and broken woman to like the Level most four spec ops operator to like yeah. a tier one operator. <laughs> That's what happens. She She's got like guns hidden inside of her sleeves. All right, moving on, Daredevil. 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 Tom, didn't you say you, you like the uh, the first hallway fight scene? I uh, is that the one? That's the one where he's like 
it's just you see like he's getting yeah. tired but like so are they and like they're all just like kind of getting back up and he just like yeah. throws himself in the, the yeah. old boy fight scene yes yes that was a that was a good fight scene mm-hmm. as far as fight scenes go i enjoyed the uh the daredevil versus punisher where they're just battling on the roof <laughs> and then uh it kind of ends with daredevil or uh punisher shooting daredevil in the face and he falls off the top of the roof hey who am i john Brunthal. yeah <laughs> This grunts with his broken face. Throughout the throughout the entire Daredevil and Punisher, he's just got like a mangled face. No. Like they, they call the other guy Jigsaw because his face is all cut up, but Daredevil's like beaten the entire time. Or yeah, Punisher's beaten the entire time. He looks like a boxer who's not very good. <laughs> he just right. takes a lot of hits. Then I'll, we'll move on to another show, Punisher. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> where he fights Daredevil no and shoots him in the face. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, I, I like the what y'all said y'all hadn't, don't remember, but it was like their hideout in the first season. It's in the like a basement hideout where he's got this little uh, was a solid spot. IT operator kind of guy that's helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of stay hidden. The nerd, yeah, got him. Yeah. Well, this is like the first scene in that season where he puts the Punisher vest back on, and he's fighting this whole group full of uh, like bad guys that try to charge in and trying to find him mm-hmm. and he's just like blasting with a little shotgun and eventually they get him pinned down mm-hmm. well he detonates these explosives and he pops open this box and there's just got like the, the big giant light machine gun he just sets up on the box and starts just walking towards him just, you know mowing him down as mm-hmm. he's walking towards him yeah you, you had like the bad guys were hiding behind one another trying to get, get to cover it's like it's not gonna work <laughs> You guys, you guys done goof. Has it always yeah. been like uh, the Punisher's thing? Like he always hides weapons everywhere. Yeah. Like well, that. yeah. He's he's kind of like Batman, just more brutal. He, he'll uh, plan. He's like Batman with less money, has no qualms in killing people. Right. In fact, it's just easier. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. What else we got? We got the Witcher, which the, the village fight. Is yeah. That's basically all. Uh, go ahead and talk about the village fight. Well, um, when they uh, filmed it. He doesn't actually have a sword hilt. I mean, he has the hilt in his hand mm-hmm. and the you know the crossbar, but he doesn't actually have a blade. Right. So a lot of it was them like doing the CGI for the capture for him. That's why it looks like he's moving that fast. Yeah. Because he doesn't have the weight of the blade actually slowing him down. Right. But it actually does a good job of him using all of the sword. Looks really good. It's like him fighting three people, and he's just moving so fast, mm-hmm. you know, because he's supposed to be that good with the sword. But mm-hmm. I like this trigger fight, which is uh, at the castle scene. Where he's in the castle trying to get that girl yeah. to come back from whatever she came from that that monster it's called a trigger. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I when I read the books, like that was a very like the quintessential Witcher story, mm-hmm. and I w- wanted to see how this TV show would do it. They kind of did it in a weird spot in the show, but it was yeah, really, it was like mid season ish or yeah, but it was really good. I really liked how they did it, uh, how they incorporated right. it, and he basically gets his butt kicked. Yeah, the it was very horror esque. And yeah, and it had like a horror element, and him getting his throat slashed and all sort of stuff was right out of the book. It was really good. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's our that's our Witcher. No. We'll move on to Arrow, which you said you liked the Ra's al Ghul fight. Yeah, I did like that one. I don't know what it is with Ra's al Ghul and billionaire orphans. <laughs> he's it's like, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna train you. You're gonna be my heir. It's like I tried with Batman, that didn't work. Well, in the CW. Arrow kind of takes on the Batman role. Yeah, he, he really does. That, that show goes. But um, the fight scene, they fight on top of the cliff in the snow, and you know, they take off their shirts, because as is custom. And uh, <laughs> Oliver picks up two swords, and Ra's al Ghul's talking to him, and then they're, they're like, all right, you know, let's go. And he's like, you're, you don't have a weapon. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take yours when you're, not, when you're done with them. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, 
ooh. And then you just watch Ra's al Ghul mop the floor with yeah, Oliver. Like, I mean, he's not even swinging. Like, Oliver goes to swing with a sword, and Ra's al Ghul just kind of ducks to the left and mm-hmm. right, you know. I mean, and then, like, you know, disarms him, takes the swords, and then he stabs Oliver through the chest and kicks him off a cliff. This was season three, so oh, look, you already know. Arrow has its own hallway fight, just like every other action TV show. Except for other than the old boy and the raid, this one did it before Daredevil and all that. Oh, yeah. But uh, that, that's the hallway fight for Arrow in the very first season. It's, it's the, I think it's the season finale of the very first season. That's what got me hooked on watching Arrow. Just because you see him with his bone arrow mm-hmm. go into a hallway and just leave three, 13 guys laying in the floor. Mm-hmm. And th- the way it ended, you just, he bashes a guy's head into the light. Then into the wall, and then into the, the baseboard, and then walks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, got him. It, it was a good, it was a good little sequence that you show me, but it wasn't uh, a wonder. You, you know, they, they didn't have cuts right. in, into the fight scene. So, mm-hmm. and, I mean, and this isn't the best overall fight. I just this is the fight that got me hooked on watching the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so. All right, what's next? Mandalorian. No, you, you both said this one part, so. With the IG-88 character, or he's like, yeah. self-destruct. It's like, no! Yeah. <laughs> like, the Don't whole time. That's, um, that's a good part. That was good. I mean, a lot of these, I mean, some of them were gunfights, but this one being, you know, the future one with blasters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, robots. It was solid, because it, it kind of, it has that Western feel. Right. It's very much kind of like, at the end of, like, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And while it's a serious moment, it still kind of makes you laugh. It's just still watching, lighthearted. Just, just watching the robot just, like, walk through, pointing. Yeah, it's yeah. just spinning around, and just dudes are dropping, and, you know, and Mando being that good with his. Yeah. You know who does the robot, right? I don't remember, no. Taika Waititi. Okay. Taika Korg. Who played Hitler. Yeah, Street did play Hitler. And Korg. Hey, I'm Korg. Want to get on this big ship? Hey, man. Hey man, what's going on? It's Noob Master sixty nine. <laughs> uh, I chose the uh, Mandalorian part, uh, Magnificent Seven, where all the Mandalorians show up and basically help Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian escape. escape. Yeah, yeah, that was the one I said. Then you said it was lame because that guy flies up nice to him. That was giving him that the one part the whole is time stupid. and gives him the salute and flies off. Yeah, and, you're just like, you oh just, my, you poo pooed. I did say it was dumb. But everything up to that part where he's like barricaded was, cool. was, was very, very cool. Yeah, he's like hiding behind things, and you know they're trying to figure out how to sneak him out. And because you never really get to see in Star Wars Mandalorians in action. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, not in live action. It's anyway. just like when you when you have like all these intense action sequences, and some dudes like in close proximity just laser blasting people and whatnot, and then all of a sudden you cut to a wide. There's like this dude, like obviously on strings on rope, just being like lowered in with like really crappy sparks coming behind him. It looks like Peter Pan on ice or something like that. <laughs> Spider Man on Broadway. Yeah, it just doesn't work. So there's that one shot of that, and then like him like flying next to the Mandalorian guy, like <laughs> just like peering off or whatever. So yeah. like Batman and Robin going up the side of the building. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure after the first season, though, they're gonna, I mean. Granted, they had a big budget to begin with. Yeah. They're going to have even more now. So. All right. They're already talking about uh, fourth season. Yeah, yeah. they did. <laughs> season two comes let's, out this, this October. Let's so. get through season two first. All right. What else you got? The uh, Peaky Blinders. We all pretty much agree that it's mm-hmm. the mafia fight in season four. Yeah, with Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was a pretty cool little fight. Just and, a little shootout. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he, uh, he, he definitely made it awesome for uh, uh, that part. Um, but we got we to. Yeah. Since we got to move on, we'll go on to uh, Spartacus. They have the final fight, which is like, I, I was thinking it was four on four, but it's it's more like ten on ten. Yeah. They're, they're gonna just ring a that, fire. That's through. a that's a pretty sizable difference. Well, because yeah. they only focus on the four: Ganicus, Animaeus, Crixus, and Spartacus. You got the four of them, and then you got these other cannon fodder kind of guys that all get killed pretty quickly. 
And then uh, you get this, what is that, Spartacus versus Romans? That's season one, episode 12? Yeah, that's the one where uh, his, like, hated nemesis shows up and wants to, like, either have him put into a ring or arena or something. Was his name, like, Greasicus? I can't remember. But uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's like the, the, le- the Legion of the, or the Roman Legion, like, commander. Yeah. And he, he's telling them, you know, he, he's oh. got that, that one wooden sword. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. He keeps telling his Roman soldiers to attack him just to show him how good he is. Anything mm-hmm. from the first season was good. And when, <laughs> with the one wooden sword, he beats up, like, yeah. six Romans that are in full armor with swords. That was an awesome part. All right, well, hey, hey, we got to keep moving on uh, because we have to go to work. We are in a, a time crunch right now, but that's our meat and potatoes of the segment. Uh, each week, we try and find something that we can collectively talk about and uh, work with the the watchers, the listeners, and to our social mediums. So pay attention to what Mitch posts out. Um, give us some feedback, and then get ready for the next episode where we will try and take some of your input and implement it for what we talk about next go around. Now we're going to do the punishment wheel. Uh, Tom's going to spin a wheel. And it's going to say, you punish this guy. It being you being one In of the whatever medium. And me or Hayden. We'll see what happens to you. Hayden by Mitch movie. The garbage pail kids. Oh, man. <laughs> I've never seen that tra- or heard of it, but just on that title alone, it sounds pretty bad. <laughs> I saw the uh, trailer. You're paying for it. Oh, no. I paid for the last one for you. <laughs> I'm not made of money. It's like three bucks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Cheap swine. I couldn't. He had the Google login thing. I did have some free Google money thing. Yeah. Oh, it's an ad for, yeah, I've got an for ad. swimming goggles? No, some kind or of. An ad for All right, you have 15 seconds to show me this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on Mitch, we have to go to work. <laughs> the ad for American Airlines and MasterCard. Ew. In crime-ridden Detroit, like puppets a, a rule scarier, the city. A scarier gremlins. Once upon a time, or was it more recently? I can't remember. I'm old. I like the the dude forever previous like Benedict. I have dementia. I don't know how I got here. He was the sort of child who was always left out of things. Was he a peeping tom? He's just looking in this girl's window. He's got epic hair. This kid's a pervert. And a Michael Jackson jacket. Captain Nancy? Is that Mr. Bean? Uh-oh. Dodger. So this swarthy guy's going to spin around and throw him into a Victorian chair? You done <laughs> You've unleashed the trash can monster. Uh, oh, uh. It's the ooze. It's the ooze. It's the blab. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> All right. This looks uh, like... Uh, yep, enough of that. Oh I think we get God. it. Uh, was he flashing him? He's like... Look at so me. this is like the trauma version that of kid looks like, Kids. Yeah, that All kid right. looked like the uh, Kyle's cousin in South Park. Just wearing dark sunglasses. He's like, I'm big. Well, I'll be back next week to have my stellar review of Garbage Pail Kids. I'm sure it'll be amazing. I'm sure it'll be above a five, maybe even higher. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Mitch. Thank you, uh, Mitch. I don't know why. This is like the fourth week in a row I've been punished. Oh, I feel so horrible for it. How many times have you been punished, bro? Five. All right, well. Yeah. You're closing in on it. Too bad Tom never gets punished. Yeah, I know, right? I'm going to, we're making our own wheel, okay? (laughs) It's going to happen. All right?
Anyway, goodbye from Mitch. Bye. Goodbye, Good, Mitch. Goodbye from Tom. Goodbye, Tom. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Bye.